Well, again, thank you so much to all of those who have helped to put together our worship services. Uh, Alec Rubel, who was our liturgist this morning, um, for Gary Brubaker, who has put together our music, um, for our praise team, who continues to offer uh, music and uh, song leading for us, uh, for Stephen Wilhelm, who has helped me to edit and put things together. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate you and, and all who have helped um, so much to do this. So um, we're continuing in our series called Finding, Creating, or Finding, Seeking, Creating. And this morning we're going to talk about peace um, because this is a changing world. <laughs> I don't know. That feels redundant. Um, it just feels like, of course, we know this now. But in the midst of all of these changes that we experience, it can be really easy to focus on what we don't have and it can be really easy to become cynical or even despairing. Now, it is okay to acknowledge those things. We're not all happy, clappy all the time. We can acknowledge that there are things that, that hurt or that grieve us or we're confused by or worried about. And it's also okay to look for something else. We can look for the saints, for joy, for peace, and for Thanksgiving. And not only can we look for it, but we can even, we might just find it. And if we can't, how do we create it? So this morning, we remember peace. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. There is a lot about life right now that can feel just chaotic, like it's unsettled or, or even unsettling. And it can feel chaotic and overwhelming. And for each person, that's different. And it shows up in different ways for all of us. Um, and it's okay to acknowledge that. Your overwhelmings are different than my overwhelmings or someone else's. And it doesn't mean that what overwhelms you is invalid. We all experience life differently. I mean, I don't know. All right, this will be a little confessional, but have you found yourself maybe just just sobbing or upset about something that just seems so small. So here's my confession. Um, on Monday, I was supposed to cook chicken for dinner and uh, Monday is chicken day at our house. Um, and so I had, um, an, I had a to-do list that just seems like it's never ending. Um, and I was making some phone calls and um, just had had kind of one of those just overwhelming and draining days. And um, I had pulled the chicken out of the freezer in the morning. And um, when I went to go and cook it, I discovered that it was, it was freezer burnt and it was just gross. Um, there had a hole had gotten, anyway, a hole had gotten in the package and it was just disgusting. And dinner was supposed to happen in an hour and I had nothing. And so I took that chicken and I threw it in the garbage can and then I went in the kitchen and I sat on the floor 
and I, I cried. And it wasn't like that, like, boo-hoo kind of cry. It was like that heaving, sobbing, ugly cry. I was crying on the floor over chicken. Except it wasn't really about chicken, was it? It was about a pandemic, and it was about change, and it was about politics, and it was about fear, and it was about worry, and it was about stress, and it was about and 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 it was about chicken. It was one of those sort of, this is the last straw. And maybe your last straw has been something else, or maybe you haven't had it yet. Now, I tell you that story not because I want you to feel sorry for me, but I tell you that because I want you to know that you're not alone. So many people are in this place. And what the chaos will tell you is that you're the only one feeling the way that you are. And the chaos will tell you that you're not allowed to feel this way. The chaos will tell you others have it worse, so just get over it. The chaos will make you feel isolated and alone. The chaos is a liar. And very loud. In the beginning of the Bible is the book Genesis. And at the beginning of Genesis, there's this poem of creation. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was a formless void and covered the face of the deep, while a wind from, the God, from God swept over the face of the waters. The wind, the breath, the spirit, the ruach, covered swept over the face of the waters. And the face of the waters in some versions, um, and even in the Hebrew version, it's, it's called the waters of chaos. Chaos was there. And the poem goes on to describe God's miraculous act of creation. And it starts with God sweeping over the waters of chaos and making order out of it. God doesn't banish the chaos. Instead, God makes order from it. And God's act of creation isn't over. God is still making order out of chaos. And God also invites us into this act of creation. God says, join me. You're not alone. We're in this together. In this act of creation and creating order and trusting God. So, in this creation, what about peace? Well, what is peace to you? Feel free to share some of your thoughts of what peace is to you in the comments below. When you think of peace, what do you think of? When, when do you feel peaceful? Now, I think a lot of times um, we think about peace in terms of quiet. 
And that can be very true. Sitting on a forest, sitting in a forest on a mossy floor, or um, this few moments before the rest of the house wakes up with your morning coffee, sitting next to a babbling brook, those may be peaceful and what you think of when you think of peace. And also, they may not be. For someone who lives alone, peace may not be quiet because it's often quiet. Peace may not be a few moments to yourself because that's all you have. So peace looks and feels different for different people. I um, have a friend, uh, his name is Chad, um, and uh, Chad and I have known each other for years. And um, uh, Chad was thinking about starting a retreat center uh, and asked me to join in exploring some different retreats, retreat centers with him. And so we stopped at this retreat center that was run by Quakers. Um, and uh, as a part of our time there, um, there was a worship service. And so we joined worships with them. And... Um, Okay, so here's what happens at a Quaker worship service. Um, the service is usually silent until someone is felt moved by the Spirit to speak or to do something. That might be a prayer or it might be a sermon or a piece of scripture or a devotion. Um, if, if the Spirit moves you, you offer what it is. And if the Spirit doesn't move anyone, then silence remains. And the silent may remain until the end of worship, whatever that is. Sometimes it's a dedicated time, like we're worshiping for an hour and then we're done. And sometimes it may be until someone feels moved to end the service. And so we joined this worship service. And here's the thing. I hated every single minute of it. Um, I really just felt uncomfortable and I felt annoyed and I felt anything but worshipful. And when it was over, uh, Chad wanted to reflect some more and he was like, this was wonderful. And he wanted to chat with a few people at the retreat center and um, he just looked at me and he was like, y'all right? And I said, no. Um, I, I told him I just need to go somewhere else. And y'all, do you want to know where I went? I went to the mall. I went to the mall and I found peace there. I needed to be around people. I needed to hear noise. Most people would find that anything but peaceful. And I did. <laughs> I was around people. I was around noise. I was around laughter. And that for me was what my soul needed. It felt peaceful. I had a covenant group that I, um, I, we got together once a year and we led worship together. And um, after we led worship together, it was time for our afternoon nap. And so we all took a nap and we woke up and um, the rest of the group um, were all introverts. And I'm an extrovert, which means I need to be around people or my energy comes from being around people. And so um, we all woke up for a nap and I was like, yes, we're going to do all the things. This is going to be great. And somebody said, you know what I need to do? I just need to go 
for a walk in the woods. And then one by one, they're all like, yeah, that sounds great. And they just kind of turned and looked at me and I started sobbing. <sighs> and I said, I don't wanna go for a walk in the woods. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna leave you here by yourself and we're gonna go for a walk in the woods. And when you calm down, we'll figure out what we're gonna do. I was like, that's the last thing I need right now. Um, but they went for the walk in the woods. And when they came back, they said, well, what do you need? And I said, I need to go to a coffee shop and the busiest coffee shop in town. For them, peace was the walk in the woods. And for me, peace was sitting in the middle of a busy, noisy coffee shop. We experienced peace in slightly different ways. But what is peace? Because we might experience it different ways, but, but there's something the same about it. And I think oftentimes peace is defined by what it's not. It's not violence. It's not hatred. I mean, we can do a whole list of the things that peace is not. But it's not always interesting to define something as what it's not, but to talk about what it is. So what is peace? The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And it means safe. It means well or happy or healthy. It's this perfect rest. But even more than that, even deeper than that, to make amends, to restore, to give again. Jesus says in the passage, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives. Now this peace, this shalom that Jesus talks about, that's talked about throughout the scriptures, this peace isn't just for you. It's not individual. Although sometimes we do need to be led beside the still waters for our souls to be restored. Peace isn't about you, and is it not just about you, but peace is for all of creation. And it's our job to help usher in the peaceable kingdom. Our job is to help this, build this kingdom with Jesus Christ. But how do we do this? How do we create peace? Because I think a lot of times what we think about is, is avoiding doing bad things or avoiding doing the things that peace isn't. But instead of just avoiding, what if we instead plotted goodness or plotted peace? What if we tried to bring heaven to earth like we pray every week in the Lord's Prayer? What if we tried to will shalom to happen, but not just will it, we do it. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. How? How do we do this? Because to me, and hopefully to you, that sounds amazing. And that's part of who we are. And part of our job as Christians is to help make peace and to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's who we are and who we should be. So how do we do this? Well, I think some of it is about our words. Our words can create our realities. 
So what are the words that you're using? What are the words you're using to describe yourself? What are the words that you're using to describe others? Now, what about someone who believes differently than you do? What are the words that you use to describe those folks? Are your words inciting peace? Or, I mean, are your words like idiot or clown or witch or moron? And are those peacemaking words? Whether they're about someone else or yourself. Now, what about the words, not just that come out of our mouths, but that we type on social media or that we post or share? Are you inciting peace with what you post or share or say? How are you letting peace begin with you? How are you inciting peace? Peace can look and experience, we experience it different ways, but, but there's a lot of ways that we can make and create peace. Maybe making peace means having a tough conversation. Maybe making peace means admitting that you were wrong. Maybe making peace that you, means that you commit to stop calling people names when they cut you off in traffic or they have a different opinion than you. Maybe making peace means that you'll stop watching violent TV shows or movies or video games. Maybe making peace means that you give your time to make a meal for FACC, for the Freeport Area Church Co-op or local food pantry or a soup kitchen. Maybe making peace means that you create works of art to show the beauty in the world. Maybe making peace means that you're praying for someone every day at six o'clock. Maybe making peace means bringing in mashed potatoes for those needing something extra this holiday season. Maybe making peace means that you fill a Christmas tree with mittens and scarves and hats. Maybe making peace means calling someone to make them feel less alone. There are so many ways that we can make peace. And I think that the ways that we can make peace are far more interesting and far more beautiful than the ways that we avoid doing bad things. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. It is okay and normal to feel overwhelmed or frustrated at life. Know that you're not alone. And may the God who makes order out of chaos, the God who calls us to be peacemakers, may God's voice be louder, louder than the chaos louder than anything else. And may we echo those cries, the cries of love, of joy, 
of peace and justice. May we be the peacemakers. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Let there be peace on earth, the peace that was meant to be with God our Creator, siblings all are we. Let us walk with each other in perfect harmony. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Let it begin with us. Amen.